the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Let's give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, super producer, Max Tammany Williams. Ooh, scandalous. <laughs> right. And you're Noel Brown. I'm Ben Bullen. And uh, we are in media rest. This is part two of a two-part episode, right? We sure are. So let's, in media, restart the podcast right now. Adams has just been excoriated. He has been run through the mud of public opinion. It's it's a political homicide. He doesn't really have any options. He resigns on March 16th, 1905. He's been the uh he's been the governor for 2 months. Yeah, I mean, and that's I mean just God, can you imagine what it would take for that to just be your your only move and like you're you you were elected but they they can't actually officially overturn the election but somehow the political and public pressure is so great that you of your own volition step down not he wasn't forced to legally he just he was in an untenable spot right where he was basically hamstrung he couldn't have governed and certainly did not have the support he needed to do <laughs> those backroom dirty deeds done dirt cheap right mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I used to think that song was Dirty Deeds and the Dunder Chief. Like there was a guy in charge of a place called Dunder. And I thought Australia was so weird. That's very funny. There's There was a band in my hometown growing up where they all dressed up like wrestlers. Uh, and they were called Figure Four. And one of them, they all had nicknames. And one of them's name was the Dunder Chief. And I guess <laughs> it was just a, 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 a um, reference to that misunderstood. I think you're not the only one, Ben, is what I'm, what I'm getting at there. Because uh, I can't think of any other place that the Dunder Chief exists uh, other than that um, misunderstanding. But yeah, man, he's he's out. Okay. Alva is out. Uh, his career shredded, essentially. Like, 
yeah, he's it's over for him. He has political future political aspirations are uh, in the gutter. Yeah, and so his opponent steps in, and this is even more ridiculous. Peabody, the Republican uh, gubernatorial candidate, is sworn in post haste as the new governor of Colorado, and. He had also already agreed to concede the election. So the very next day after he's sworn in, he also resigns. And the lieutenant governor, who's been lieutenant governor for like, what, 24 hours now, uh, this guy named Jesse McDonald, he becomes the governor. And the question is finally resolved, like, who is the real governor? It's finally answered five months after the election which gives, uh, Max, as you put it in your notes, it gives Colorado a somewhat dubious distinction. It's the only state in all of U.S. history to have three different governors in 24 hours. Hurrah. Good, <laughs> good, good job, Colorado. USA. Colorado. No, yeah. it doesn't work. doesn't work. They, must have, they must have some sort of sport chant that we're not aware of. What is, is there? What's the sport team in color? The sport team, the Rockies. Rockies. There you have the go. Denver okay. Broncos. You okay. have the Avalanche. You have the Nuggets, who are in the NBA ooh, ooh. Finals. Can, can I guess? Is that, uh, Avalanche? Is that is that hockey? Yeah, it's hockey. I think. Okay, cool. But let's the rest talk about of them, Denver Nuggets, they're up two one in the Nuggets uh, NBA basketball. Finals. Yeah, and, cool, and now cool, you can cool, see cool. when we're recording this. I just want to play the game where people name sports franchises and all I have to do is guess what sport it is. Because even if I have some minor level of accuracy, that is good for me because I just don't know any of that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I remember looking at the weird, the most bizarre team names in sports. We could do an episode on that. The uh, Some of them are like the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. Totally. <laughs> I mean, the Tar Heels is even kind of weird yeah. in and of itself. We also could maybe do an episode on like problematic sports franchises Ooh. that refuse to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them have changed it recently. Most Washington. of them have. Oh, DC for real? And the Cleveland Atlanta Braves. Both, uh, the Atlanta no. hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Atlanta hasn't done it yet. And mind you, if you go to an Atlanta Braves game, they still do this tomahawk chop and very problematic kind of Native American uh, yeah. chant. Uh, that's super not cool, and uh, but I guess you can't really tell a crowd what to do or not to do. I have a friend, her name's uh, Nicole Garcia. Uh, she is part of the Navajo tribe, and I asked her, I'm like, Atlanta Braves, is that racist? She goes, yes. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. And then she probably goes, it's not as bad as Kansas City Chiefs, but it is. So I'm like, what about the Tomahawk Chop? She goes, oh, that thing is terrible. Yeah, I and I'm, I'm with you on that. I met Nicole. We can vouch for a super awesome person. And... I think you're onto something. I think that's a great idea for an episode, and I bet we will find no shortage of examples. Also, I like the idea, too, that someone in Japan woke up one day and said, you know what? Fuck ham. We're naming our entire team after this hatred of ham, and we will fight any ham we see. Also, I skipped lunch. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't, don't you, you can't <laughs> skip lunch. lunch. You can't do that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Sorry. We, we keep getting derailed because it's, this is a fun topic and I think we're both a little punchy and there's just so many fun places to take this level of just flagrant corruption. It just, it makes one a little bit mad, just like talking about it. And you kind of, you got to take a quick, you know, bath. <laughs> In between some of these things, before you can come back in and wallow in the mud, so. it's a it's sketch comedy, man. 
that's this election is t- terrifying sketch comedy. Yeah, and sketch comedy of errors. There yeah. we go. Nailed it. Yeah, so this has left a huge mark on everybody who got touched, everybody involved in the corruption scandal. So many careers are ruined. Police chiefs, election clerks are trying to do heist out of trains or getaways. Uh, the governors or would-be governors, they're both ruined. They retire from politics forever. But obviously, if you go to Colorado today, it's a very nice place. It's still a democracy. Uh, so what happened, it looks like voters came together, especially a lot of people who were not represented in the halls of power, and they fought for their right uh, to party as well as to vote, I imagine. They fought for their right to party politically. Yeah, those those, those rights are very closely tied, uh, one could argue. Uh, and hey, just full disclosure, if anyone's hearing some heavy machinery or you think I'm being bulldozed, uh, there is, in fact, a something of a bulldozer in my backyard right now. I'm getting some, some plant work done. And so please, uh, I know Max is going to do everything in his power to, uh, to surgically remove the sound of this, uh, this beast, but in case any gets through, which right now he's very loud and very close. So apologies in advance, but, uh, yeah. So this, when we say fight, Ben, what do we mean? Like physically fight or just like with their words and waving their fists in the air and, and, and holding signs aloft? We're talking about things, yeah, we're talking about collective action, protesting, unionization. The mine workers are still pushing for labor rights. And, you know, those folks are still going to be subject to violent physical reprisal. We have to keep in mind uh, women had just one suffrage or the right to vote uh, 11 years earlier. This was still very new. And because the tide had turned, the laws started changing to those like not quite Tammany level political machines get shut down. The good old days are over for a lot of crooked fat cats. People who are unionized say, hey, mine owner or you know, railroad owner, you can't push us around. And voter fraud became a much more serious crime. It used to be like a oh, oh you rascal. Look at you. Naughty naughty. Times, yeah, you naughty scamp. And yeah, here's a, here's a ticket, or a slap on the wrist, or hell, maybe a kiss on the cheek. Uh, yeah, it was, it was much more sort of like, um, I don't know, maybe liking it to being double parked or something. You know what I mean? It really was not that big a deal. Hence, the rampantness of it. And, uh, and some of these reforms did elevate it to a much more serious crime, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. And... Eventually, the the public, through this collective action, they hold the people in power accountable. And hopefully, if we're being nihilistically optimistic about it, it means that these sorts of egregious miscarriages of justice will be more difficult to commit in the future. But we also have to, we got to zoom out a little, right? So we're looking at Colorado 1904. If we, if we zoom out and see a slightly larger lay of the land, we realize that this was not uncommon during that time in American history known as the Gilded Age, which was pretty great for some people. 
tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. But here's the thing. We've been hinting at this all along. Uh, this is a particularly egregious case of political corruption. And it, it only, you know, is that way because it was found out. It was exposed, you know, and, and, and a lot of times these things aren't. It's just sort of the order of the day. Um, you really don't find out about it until somebody screws up. And then you have that succession of fall guys uh, that kind of uh, create the illusion of the thing being done, put to bed. This behavior is never going to happen again. Unfortunately, that's not the case. This election was not the only bad election, let's call it. It's one of many uh, that, that's, that continue, you know, throughout history. Yes, and for uh, people who, for people who study history cycles, you may find conversation about the Gilded Age quite apropos uh, in in these our modern days. The it, during the Gilded Age, uh, it was called the Gilded Age because again, it was very cool for a small amount of people. By 1890, in the U.S. Uh, there were 4,000 millionaires, and collectively, they held a full 20% of all the country's wealth. So forget 
taking political action. Forget making a, a PAC or a super PAC or anything like that. Just go buy the politician you want and tell them what you want to do, you know, and say you'll give them a, a tiger skin suit in exchange or a nice, I don't know, you could probably give them a yacht. You'd be like, hey, you want a boat? You want a castle? Uh, just don't let unions happen. And this just don't let unions happen. That that's just slogan in and of itself. That's secession, right? Don't let unions happen. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. D L U A. We'll workshop it. But yeah, this even hit former presidents. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes was writing in his diary. He didn't say this publicly, but in 1886, he said, "This is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. No longer." No longer, indeed. That's very powerful for a president to say it. Yeah, I gotta it say, is. for a Republican president at the time to say it. This is a guy who a lot of times, I, I, I was doing some research into him not that long ago, and it's just like, he was a very pro-business guy, and he's even like, this has gone really bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Chuck E. Cheese one day privately confessing, I think we have too much pizza. But but yeah, so he says it's government by the corporations, of the corporations, and for the corporations. Politicians are, are making a lot of money, not as much as their corporate masters, but they're getting all these bribes and they're getting kickbacks and it's a they're working hand in hand. And of course, no offense to the monopoly man, but uh the reason the monopoly man is like a railroad tycoon is because the railroad tycoons were some of the most egregious corporate masters of the Gilded Age. Oh God, yeah. I mean, because they they sort of create they sort of set the stage, right? I mean, railroad interests being one of the first kind of truly modern industries. You know, talk about like legacy infrastructure that we're still building on top of or improving today. You know, these are the guys that laid down that stuff and they connected uh, you know, our country in such a way that like really changed everything about shipping about manufacturing um and so when you're when you when you're that early to the party you kind of get to decide which games you play that's a good way to put it yeah and and also the railroad industry touches so many other industries right they're dependent upon the railroads for transport so the union pacific railroad execs they go pretty far they make a fake construction company, a front company or shell company that will submit bills for nearly double the actual cost of construction. So they're, they're charging the government for the construction of the Transcontinental Railroad through this fake construction company, and they're giving everybody a vigorous along the way and they'll say we're going to we're going to charge you 100% more than what it actually costs and we're going to split that 100% up between the rest of the people in this conspiracy and we are going to like they would get caught right there are a lot of people involved they totally. they bribe a dozen congress members yeah someone's going to squeal someone's you know i mean it's inevitable you know it's a numbers game at that point right mhm mm yeah and uh president ulysses s grant uh, he, his first and his second vice president gets swept up in this corruption scheme. It's touching everybody. Imagine if the news tomorrow read VP Kamala Harris has been implicated in a, uh, in a FedEx 
<laughs> in a corporate billion, like in a billion dollar FedEx scheme. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah, of what happened. But the, that is the um, the gravity of what we're talking about here. The level of like WTFness of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and more and more corruption is occurring. Oh, we love talking about some of the city level corruption, like New York, Chicago. Uh, New York was Tammany Hall, right? Correct. Yeah, boss. Boss Tweed, mm-hmm. Boss Hog Tweed. I mean, that's that's the Dukes of Hazard. But Boss Tweed was definitely the guy, and I just picture him when you when you say the phrase "fat cat." That's the kind of guy you think of is a big old fellow in a tailored suit, chomping on a cigar and doing crimes from the back yeah. room, from behind a desk, though, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they had all these bribes going around. There was a lot of dirty contractor money uh, that was. <laughs> that was making people very wealthy. Uh, and if you were a politician in these circles, you were making more money from the bribes than you were from your official your official salary as a public figure. I, we saw the estimate that Boss Tweed over in Tammany Hall stole between 45 and $200 million in city funds. And it's so much money that it's actually difficult to estimate how much that would be worth in 2023. We know it would be billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't even, it's not even possible to inflation calculator. <laughs> it's just like beyond the scope of what our meager inflation robot can handle. It would t- the, the sheer number of boops would kill all of us where we stand. Boop. And now nah, it's not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> We're we got nothing. We got no figure. It's just like, it's just saying, do not, does not compute, does not compute. Oh. That's a new sound. We uh, are we'll miss but you, hum- buddy. humble podcasters. You know, Indeed. if we if we had Tammany Hall level uh, ruthlessness <laughs> and finances, maybe we get a different inflation bot. But for today, yes. But we love our inflation bot. We love it. Yeah, we love you, man. Um, so Tweed made so much money that he was the third largest landowner in all of New York City before he got convicted on not one, not 169, but 204 counts of fraud. That's a lot of fraud. It's, it's a Costco level of fraud. Like if you were buying fraud, it would be, this would be a Costco case of fraud. You get a case of it. Yeah, it's like I said, just sitting behind a desk doing crimes. And yeah, they rack up after a while. What does it take when you don't actually have to work that hard to do them? You know, you just do it with the swipe of a pen or by like telling your lackeys to go, you know, beat up some, you know, striker. I mean, it's... Uh, really disgusting. Send the Irish out to break those peasants of their strike. Indeed. Uh, they also called it honest graft, which I loved. The, the idea was that you were, make, you were making a, like, look, I'm an, I'm an honest, heart of gold con man. You know what I mean? I do honest grifts. I do watches. I sell bridges. Uh, well, it's like the way Tony Soprano justifies what he does on the, on the you know, the seminal uh, prestige television program, The Sopranos. He refers to himself as like a soldier and he's got a code. But when you actually watch what he actually does, he's totally full of shit. He's got no code. He's not a soldier. He's a con man and a murderer. 
you know? And that's what I'm sure some of these people did use that greater good argument that we were talking about at the top of the show. But at the end of the day, that's just a smokescreen they're putting up for themselves. You know, it's the the blinders they choose to wear to maybe keep them from, like, taking a header off an overpass bridge. But some of these people are so unself-aware that they probably would never see themselves enough to even register, you know, any kind of uh, any kind of uh, remorse, you know, or, or, or an, an inch of humanity. Yeah, because there are always these labyrinthine rationalizations people will make because they don't think of themselves as bad guys. You know, one one crime boss might say, well, I don't do drugs. You know, I'm not in the drug business or the sex trafficking business. I just do, you know, I, I just do shady union heist and fake construction and sanitation, but that doesn't make you not a criminal. And there was this politician, George W. Plunkett, who said, uh, who was a defender of this honest graft, and they said, what we're doing is we're not robbing the public funds. We're not blackmailing business owners. We're doing insider trading. Cool. Cool. Whatever it takes to help you sleep at night, buddy. Sure. <laughs> Whatever it takes. And, you know, now we're, I mean, obviously there aren't, you know, thugs with, with, uh, with, with billy clubs out, you know, breaking writers' legs who are on strike, you know, or, or whatever, you know, I mean, like we, we do exist in a, in a world where technically you're not allowed to persecute someone for seeking to unionize or for exercising their right to, you know, be treated fairly, you know, but that doesn't mean that there aren't still creepy backroom deals being made. I mean, we heard about all this stuff with Amazon, about how they were kind of low-key publishing anti-union sentiments, you know, around the workplace. You're still spreading this kind of fear. You're just doing it with a little bit more of a delicate touch, you know? Not outright violence in the streets, just more spreading a culture of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that old, oh gosh, it got a lot of heat on Twitter. Walmart was fighting a unionization thing by putting up a sign, or I don't know if this was co-signed by all of Walmart, but there were there were people at some Walmarts putting up signs that said, why pay those union dues? You could buy a PS5. Oh, God. <laughs> From us here at Walmart. We have them in stock finally. <laughs> Check it out. And we'll give you a 5% discount. Oh, thank you, Waltons. So thanks to folks like Professor Richard White, uh, Professor Emeritus of History over at Stanford, we know that the Gilded Age is America's most corrupt period so far. We also know that wealth inequality is accelerating to the levels uh, that were present during the Gilded Age, which naturally played a huge role in the um, in the origin story of what we call the Great Depression now, and what we may one day call the First Great Depression. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And uh, we <laughs> we teased a little bit, right? We we you know we've spent the whole week on this, but as as you said, Noel, uh, this is important and it's a lot of fun for us. Uh, we said there that the 1904 Colorado gubernatorial election was cartoonishly corrupt, but we said it wasn't the only corrupt election in U.S. history. No, not by a long shot, was it? We've got a few to rattle off here for you at at the end. There was a presidential election in 1876 that was quite the doozy in and of itself. 1800, 1824, and 1896 are some of the uh, highlights, let's say, of crooked presidential elections. But 1876 really takes the cake and pushes from just kind of, let's just say, irregularities to just outright fraud. And, uh, And let's just call it you know, try, let's call it what it is, trying to steal an election. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to steal an election. In the summer of 1876, Ulysses S. Grant says, I'm going to retire from public life. I'm going to get really into, the, I don't know, bonsai or uh, collecting porcelain figurines. I mean, I've heard he up. got really into the bottom of a bottle. He did have some demons. And <laughs> When he retired, this meant that the 1876 presidential election was all of a sudden wide open. Chaos is a ladder, as Littlefinger would say later. And there's this Democrat, his name is Samuel Tilden, governor of New York, and he's the nominee, the Democratic nominee here. And then there's an Ohio Republican, Rutherford B. Hayes, who wants to run. The votes are really, really close. Our guy Sam Tilden wins the popular vote. And again, just like in Colorado, both sides are saying, I'm the president. 
Yeah, more 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 uh, Spider-Man finger pointing kind of situations there. No question about it. Irregularities once again. Oh boy, I mean, it's difficult. That's what I'm saying. But but it was so brazen. You know, you just had these ballot boxes being stuffed to the gills, literal um, counterfeit ballots being printed, and again. It was a different time, you know, it was it was a little easier to do that. You know, they didn't have like watermark, I guess, and or some kind of code or RFID or whatever. It could definitely be done with a, with a lot more of a quickness than what you might be able to get away with today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we got places like South Carolina where 104 percent of the actual voters vote. That is statistically impossible. Uh, There are fake ballots made to trick people into voting for parties that don't represent their interests. Of course, uh, white supremacist groups like the Klan are trying to prevent black people from exercising the right to vote. Uh, And there's a commission that's trying to figure all this stuff out. And they can't do anything because... The commission is made of people who are both Democrat and Republican Party members, and they all hate each other. So they're not going to work together on anything. What do you say, Ben? They weren't able to cross the aisle? That there were no uh, olive branches being extended? We just need to get back to the era of bipartisan, like the 1870s, when everyone worked so well together. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, the the, uh, halcyon days of a U.S. that never existed. So the Democrats, Tilden, uh, Tilden Screw, they suggest a compromise. Hayes, you lose the 1876 election, but you win this compromise because you got electoral votes instead of the popular vote. So he had, uh, Hayes had 185 electoral votes. Tilden had 184. Noel, for, for our fellow ridiculous historians who are not in the U.S., the idea of two different votes is kind of confusing. How, how Bro, would we explain that? It's confusing to me, too. Uh, I still don't fully get it. It seems like a weird, antiquated relic that makes no sense and that most people don't understand. Um, and and I think it's so funny that, that that's a dispute that we continue to see in these, this, our modern era. We're talking about an election that took place in the 1800s and yet one that took place in the 2000s, you know, the 20. Tens, you know, had the exact same issue with the idea of someone winning an electoral vote and not the popular vote. Uh, I still don't fully get with these electors, they're not legally required to vote in the direction of the popular vote. So we just, what, put our faith in them? Like they're untouchable. They're these paragons of like morality. I don't even know who these people are. How do you become an elector? It's, it's, I'm sure somebody's friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone's friend who does friends for their friend. And yeah. So I've always heard it explained that if you think about it in the context of 1780, it makes sense. And then if you go anything further into the future, it makes less and less and less sense because it's like communication was a lot harder. So you just all get together and you tell this one guy and this one guy goes and tells other people and you get all the votes for your state and you send it to D.C. It's like, okay, I get that. Because we only have so many horses in town at that point. But then also, you know, that that uh, infrastructure starts to fall apart when you have more and more people, 330 million plus people from a species where. 12 folks often can't agree on a pizza order, let alone a crime. Uh, It it gets very complicated. And so uh, as a result, this guy Hayes, as a result of this very weird, corrupt election, he is not popular at all. In fact, 
people start calling him his fraudulency, which was quite a burn okay. in the 1800s. Usurper! Yes, yes. fraudulency. That's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it, it sounds quaint, right, by today's standards, but uh, yeah, that was a big deal. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the laws uh, that came from the compromise were hella racist and uh, essentially created the the Jim Crow laws that we know and despise that uh, essentially, you know, cut black people off at the knees, you know, in terms of their ability to truly exist and thrive uh, in American life. You know, just absolute targeted racist laws. And it continued and continues. Uh, shout out to the current controversy we mentioned regarding Cop City here in Atlanta, Georgia. In Missouri, 1946, there's another time democracy absolutely pooped the bed. Uh, <laughs> so nepotism, networking. Uh, I personally hate it. I, I think a lot of people consider it a necessary evil. Harry Truman got Harry Truman basically became involved in politics because of nepotism. He was friends with a political, or he became an associate of one of those Tammany Hall boss tweed types. He fought with the nephew of a guy named Tom Pendergast. You probably haven't heard of Tom Pendergast. We certainly hadn't, I don't think. Uh, he's an unelected city official in Kansas City, and he has so much sway in Missouri that the governor's mansion was nicknamed, get this, folks, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Tut, tut. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not great. Pendergrass uh, was an actual, like, he was, a, he was a tough guy, you know, a real tough, real punchy character. Um, he, he knew how to run a business. He was smart. He was shrewd. He was thrifty. And he could fight you know, physically. Uh, he was actually related to Kansas City's previous political boss. And I got to say, you know, when we talk about these political machines and political bosses, it's a mafia-style arrangement. 100%. Uh, it, it, and, and that's why it's no surprise that these folks often worked with the mafia. Uh, and uh, essentially, it's just like a shadow. The mafia becomes this kind of shadow government, right? right? You know, they're calling the shots. They're just the, the, the political boss is sort of the legitimate face of the... But it's like laughable to even say that right that it was that was the legitimate face yeah yeah and it's true though he this guy pendergast this king maker people do what he says uh he pushes for popular initiatives he's a fixer he's a deal maker he's also a heck of a bully apparently his goons used machine guns blackjacks and pistols to force voters to vote the way they wanted four people died 11 people ended up in the hospital and 200 just got the snot knocked out of them. And uh, I think that event you're describing, Ben, was actually coined uh, Bloody Tuesday. Um, you can probably fill in the gaps. You know, the New York Times reported about, you know, Pendergast goons using all of these just absolutely horrifically violent methods to, quote unquote, win over voters. You know, uh, they weren't really winning anybody. They were just, you know, holding them at literal gunpoint and making them do what they wanted. Mm. In 1936, they didn't even have to beat that many people up. They just did a bunch of fake voting. They went through the records. They found 80,000 people who were dead, sick, or just didn't exist. 
And all of a sudden, Max Powers, astronaut with a secret, Nels Bourne, and Sir Williams Esquire are voting like 50 times. Pendergrass candidates win by a ratio of 1,469 to 1. This is massive fraud. It's only one other example. There are many, many more. But we, uh, we talked little. And we made our own shady backroom deal. We're going to return to some of these in future episodes. But for now, Dole, what a, what a ride. I mean, I think we all kind of assume there's a lot of corruption in politics, often in local politics. But this stuff kind of takes the cake. I'm, I'm glad we didn't live in Colorado in the early 1900s. Yeah, now Colorado's kind of, you know, I mean, it's sort of developed reputation as being a kind of a liberal bastion, or at least in like the, you know, the more, I guess, metropolitan parts of it. I mean, in terms of it being first to the game for legalization and taxation of, uh, of cannabis and all of that stuff. And it just seems, it seems like a pretty chill place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casa Benitas reopened. Right? Yeah, I've got the cave divers, all of that. I actually saw a clip, I think it was a in this Instagram video that came up showing the, those cave divers, man, the way they do it, it's a very odd move. It's like sort of like Olympic diving where you sort of about, you know, dip, dip down and touch your toes and then stand on your hands and then sort of plop off the, the edge of this thing. I heard a piece on NPR about how like they emerged from like a underwater trap door to oh, back, wow. that, that leads into the, uh, the the dressing room, I guess, which at the time of the NPR piece, which was referring to the South Park guys having bought that place. And like, <laughs> this is them reopening it. And it, apparently it was really in disrepair. And the cliff diver was just like, yeah, it's kind of gnarly back here. I don't know. I feel like I got a rash from this water. Um, but now it's apparently awesome. Definitely want to go. Yeah, we're at, we absolutely have to go. As we said, we're excited to do more live shows. We'd love to get on the road. Uh, we always like the energy when we're recording uh, together in person. We'll be doing more of that soon. And in the meantime, big, big thanks to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Big thanks to uh, our own uh, <laughs> Tammany Hall Official Jonathan Strickland. I almost said Jonathan K. Strickland, but I don't think that's his real middle initial. Doesn't matter. That's I'm just a how big he fan. I'm a big fan of inserting a, a fake, you know, initial <laughs> into into the Max. You you had a fake initial at some point recently. Uh, it came up. You, you claimed to be a member of some family we were talking about. I don't know what I'm saying. Pay me no mind, but do pay attention to this podcast because, you know, we've got more episodes uh, coming out every week. I don't know. This is the first time we've ever said anything like this. How about we pay attention to the people that we want to thank continuously, Um, like Christopher Asiotis here in spirit, Eve's Jeffcoat, Alex Williams, who composed our theme, Max Williams, or should I call you Sir M. James Williams Esquire? You shall. First, second, the third of his name. All the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with big thanks to the governor and big thanks to you, Noel. Uh, I guess we don't even, I don't think we should tease our, our next stuff coming up, but we've got some rollicking stories to explore. <laughs> rollicking indeed. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.